Hey, Go Church family, welcome back to week three of Charge. My name is Gilbert and I'm here with Pastor Matt Hadabal. Hey everyone. This time I didn't forget to introduce us at the very beginning. You know, you'd think that was easy because we at least know who we are, but we keep forgetting. Yeah, one day we'll, we'll get better at this. Yeah. Welcome everyone. And we're, we're actually really glad to have you. And this has been a great month, super exciting. Lots of stuff happening. We're talking about charged. Pastor Matt, what are we charged with? The power of God. We are charged with his power so that we can freely give it away. That's good. So the purpose of this series is that we, we want everyone in the Go Church family to know that God has given us power to go. We can receive power to emerge into our place individually and as a church. We can give power to help others emerge and we can learn to stay charged with that power so that we can go further. And our key scripture this month is Acts chapter one, verse eight. And we've been reading it from the Amplified Classic Translation because it really helps us follow on from able and able to. So it says this, this is Jesus speaking to us. You shall receive power, ability, efficiency, and might when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends, the very bounds of the earth. So we see that the promise of the Holy Spirit is tied to the power that we receive and the ability that God gives us to go out and accomplish certain things. In the last, uh, in the last two weeks, we've been talking about what it looks like to receive that power, how to receive that power and how to live in that power. And in week two, we talked about, we went a little further and talked about how can that power overflow out of us and how we can impact others and actually accomplish what God's called us to accomplish with that power. As you notice from our key scripture, what Jesus does is effectively imparts power and then gives us instruction on what to do with that power. Because the, the inflow, or let me say it this way, he says, freely you have received, so freely give. That is the nature of how that power is meant to flow in us so it can flow out of us and on and on and on. Yeah. And this month, sorry, I keep saying this month, this week, <laughs> we are talking about how that power can stay charged and how we can make sure that that power stays charged so that we are always ready for that power to flow out of us in any given moment. Yeah, because we wanna live and we wanna minister or serve out of the overflow. It's important, you know, we're the Go Church family and uh, many of us um, volunteer uh, in different team capacities, different, different team responsibilities. Your responsibility may be to set up a banner on a big Sunday or um, help 
uh, pack in all of the uh, gear that's going to be used in Go Kids. We don't want anyone serving from an empty vessel. Mm -hmm. We want to do everything from the overflow. That's good. It is the will of God for every born-again believer to be filled with the Spirit. Just as you said that, I turned my Bible to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17 and 18. Yeah, that's what I'm quoting. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. So let's read it. Um, yeah, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation or rebellion or not right, basically but be filled with the spirit speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God, the father in the name of our Lord, Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. So how can I be filled? How can I be filled with the spirit? Well, that verse tells you, Speaking. It's good. It's right there. Ephesians chapter five. I would encourage you to look at this and spend time because this is the will of God for you, that you be filled and that evidence of filling is speaking. The path to being filled is speaking. How do you make sure the river flows? It has room to flow. Yeah. Right. And that's what, what you're saying, right? So when you open the tap, then water flows. If you close the tap, nothing's flowing. When we were, uh, when we were discussing this, I was reminded of um, this old pump that we had when on the farm where I grew up. And you may have seen something like this before. You may not. Um, but it was a mechanical pump and it worked on a vacuum. And as a kid, I didn't understand any of that. What I knew is that before you shut it off, you had to fill up this like bucket container that we kept right next to the pump head. And uh, the pump was attached by a pipe to an underground water source that I couldn't see. But on a hot day, I could go out there and I could take that bucket and I could pour it into the top of that pump. And then I would just start working the handle up and down, up and down, up and down. And as I did that, I now, I now know what I was doing is I was forcing air out of the line. But I could feel under the hand, under my hand, that pump. And, you know, as a little kid, I really had to put a lot of energy into that. I could feel pressure. I could feel pressure. And then suddenly water would just flow out of it. Much more water would flow out than the little bit that I poured in. Mm -hmm. Ephesians chapter 5 tells us exactly how we can recharge. We take a bucket 
of Bible verses and we pour it in and then start working it with our tongue. We work it with our tongue and it's like that pump handle until there is an outflow and an overflow. That's so good. That's a really nice illustration. And I see that, you know, in my own life where sometimes the, the best way for me to get going spiritually is to like stop what I'm doing, stand up. Like this is just me, but I, I'll walk around a little bit and start speaking the word of God and start saying certain things. You know, of course, um, that would involve prayer with my understanding. That would involve prayer in the spirit, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, but all of that allows what's in me, in that well, to start flowing out of me. Mm-hmm. And of course, the you know your speech, your mouth, that is the uh, that is the valve that opens up for things to start flowing out of you. Yes. And so, how do you get fresh things? to to basically flow in and out is when you open up and you allow that flow to happen. And that's that's so, so important. Actually, uh, going back to verse 18, be filled with the spirit. That's in the English, that's the English translation, but actually the, uh, the tense is different in the Greek, right? It's be being filled. It's like, uh, how do you call it, a present continuous mm-hmm. expression or uh, basically verbiage, which which indicates to continually do this yeah. and allow this to continually happen. Yeah, Paul wrote this letter in Greek. Greek is a much richer language than Latin-based English. And um, so when we read be filled we can get the idea that this is something that, oh yeah, that happened to me. I could say that happened to me in 1979, right? But no, Paul says, hey, be being filled. In fact, he's writing this to the church in Ephesus. Well, the church in Ephesus, that started in Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19, he found 12 disciples. He said, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believe? They said, we don't even know that there is a Holy Spirit. And so he got them first born again, immersed into Christ, and then laid hands on them and they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He got the well from John chapter four on the inside of them and then got them with that overflow of rivers from John chapter seven. And to that group, he said, you need to be continually filled. Yeah. What really stands out to me in the things that we're talking about now is the fact that I directly play a part in my being filled. Yes. You know, like when I open my mouth, when I speak, when I pray in the spirit, when I allow the words of life, the rivers of living water to flow out, that is when I'm getting filled. So actually I directly open and close that valve at will with my mouth, with the things I say. And, you know, the Bible always says in, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. And this is something that 
is also apparent in Isaiah chapter 28, verse 11 and 12. You remember when I was preparing the notes on, on this, uh, about this podcast, I, I, I messaged you, Pastor Matt, and I said that, you know, it's like, it's as though I'm reading this for the first time, you know, because there's just, there's life in this. There's, there's just a lot of truth that you can pick up from the same verses that talk about these things. And so let me read Isaiah chapter 28, verses 11 and 12. For with stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to, to this people. Who's he? The Lord. Mm -hmm. To whom he said, this is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. Uh, this prophecy, as you, as we would call it, is something that uh, Paul actually refers to in First Corinthians chapter fourteen. And this, like, and with that, you know that he's talking about praying in other tongues or, you know, praying in the spirit. It's not just, you know, oh, a happy coincidence. I mean, Paul is referring to it, you know, by inspiration from the Holy Spirit, basically the author of the, or let me say the person who inspired Isaiah to write this now inspires Paul to link it back to something that's happening in the yes. New Testament, which is praying in other tongues. Yeah. And we see here the very same thing you're saying. So how are you filled or how do you, um, how do you reach a place of, you know, flow of, of life of God in you. And that is with stammering lips in another tongue, this is how the Lord speaks to us. And this basic, this action basically. So opening my mouth and speaking, this is what causes me to receive rest. And this is what causes me to receive refreshing. There's two parts to that. Number one is I'm speaking, but I'm speaking from my spirit, which is linked to the Holy Spirit. So I'm speaking what God is saying, literally, you know, by praying in other tongues. And in that I'm, I'm able to receive a refreshing, or let me put it in the words that are applicable to our series, a recharging, right? So it's so important that we uh, bad English be being filled with the spirit and we have a part to play in that. And one of the biggest parts is actually praying in other tongues. Yeah. Um, we are in this world, but we are not of it. And yeah. I want to encourage you to take a, take an, a, an inventory or an accounting of what is in your mouth most of the time. Think about that. Who is the source or from where are you speaking most of the time? Because if you're, you know, if you want that refreshing, this, you know, Acts chapter three, times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. When? When we're speaking. Speaking what? Oh, you know, just what I see. I just call what I see. You know, I'm, I'm not one of these people that say things I don't No, That's not, that's not biblical. And it's not spiritual. That's carnal. 
sure. and it will limit you. So, what, I mean, and on, yeah, on that subject is what we just read in Isaiah 28, like with stammering lips in another tongue, God speaks to this people. Like, yeah. does God call, you know, just say what he sees? No. You know, remember last month you said something like, which to me sticks out and it's quite funny. You know, we don't have an account in Genesis one of the Lord saying, who it's dark here. Right. It's a good thing because there would be no Genesis. <laughs> yeah. He, what, what does he say? He says light B. And actually I made a mistake. I re-listened to the podcast last, uh, um, last month. And I said that the literal translation says light B and light was, it's not, it's actually light B and light is. You know, it's present tense. Yeah. It's reality now, you know, light is. Light sprang into being yeah. when God spoke it. Yeah. And um, so the speaking is such a big deal because it's connected to our will. And um, you mentioned speaking in other tongues. This is such an important part of the higher life that God has called us to be in. And this is for everyone. It's for every believer in Jesus. Yeah. And there have been misconceptions. There have been misunderstandings. There have been people that have made up their own uh, ideas, applied their own ideas about it. But they've done that about everything. You yeah. Know? It, doesn't, it doesn't change the truth. And the truth is we can live from a place of overflow and be charged up. And if we're going to be charged up, we need to constantly recharge because the world where we live is actively working to drain us. Plus we should be giving power away. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about praying in other tongues and what the Bible says about it. And I want to ask a couple of questions, which hopefully uh, you can give answers, Pastor Matt, and just help I don't know if it's clear misconceptions or just uh, point us towards what the Bible says is important on this subject. And let, let me start, you know, by looking at the context of First Corinthians chapters 12 through to 14, because we talked about First Corinthians 12 last week, uh, where, where we talk about the manifestations of the Holy Spirit or, you know, how the Passion Translation calls it spiritual realities that we as individuals walk in for the benefit of all in the church as the Lord wills. So as the Holy Spirit wills, not as we will, not on command, but as the Holy Spirit wills. And then we, we go into 1 Corinthians 13, which is literally the motive of the power, you know, the reason behind the power and operation. See, when you have a revelation of the love of God, the power of the Holy Spirit starts to make sense. Mm -hmm. When you don't understand the love of God and what that means towards you, but also through you towards others, you won't understand the reason for the power. And then we move on to 1 Corinthians 14, where we see Paul emphasize two, I'll say three gifts or three manifestations of the Holy Spirit, particularly where he talks about tongues, interpretation of tongues and prophecy. And he starts talking about it in context of your private life as a believer. 
and your public time of service as a believer as well. So why is there so much focus on these gifts specifically in 1 Corinthians 14? And how does it relate to this recharge subject? Well, um, specifically in, in the church in Corinth, there was uh, excess that Paul was dealing with. But tongues are also, um, tongues in speaking are an important part of the day and time in which we live. The day and time in which we live is the time of the church. And so, just as we were just saying, speaking is important, and um, speaking in tongues is a part of the life of a believer. There have been misconceptions, there have been misapplications of truth. Uh, a, a unfortunate example is uh, some people have said, well, if you don't speak in tongues, you can't go to heaven. That's not in the Bible. That's, that's not even close to being in the Bible. There have been other people that have said that tongues are something that were only for the uh, early church, for the, for the uh, first century church, and they've passed away. Well, that's also not in Scripture. And if people try to take 1 Corinthians 13, 8 and say, no, right there it says tongues have passed away. Well, that same verse says that knowledge has also passed away, and it hasn't. There is a time when we are in glory, and then we will speak the same as you know, the, they'll we'll we'll have tongue, not yeah, tongues. That's right. But uh, the 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 misapplication of truth relates to extremes, and the way you uh, combat extremes is with truth. You made the distinction between private and public ministry, and uh, very often um, the. Uh, let's say the private life of the believer in speaking in tongues is confused with the public ministry of speaking in tongues. And the public ministry of speaking in tongues is quite limited um, relative to the church. The private uh, life of a believer speaking in tongues is unlimited mm -hmm. on purpose and is for everyone. So... I do want to ask this other question. Maybe this this would be a question that some other some others of us would have. You know, what is the difference between praying in tongues as we see it in First Corinthians chapter fourteen for private time, and the way that people heard the disciples or the apostles praying in tongues on the day of Pentecost, where they heard different languages? What's the difference? Well, I wouldn't say that there is any difference per se, because uh, the Bible says that in Acts chapter 2, verses 4, and uh, the verses following is what you're referring to, says that men from all these different places heard them speak from these different languages, even Arabic. And... Uh, but it says that they, we hear them speaking the wonderful works of God. Well, Paul actually says that 
that's one of the reasons why tongues are for every believer is tongues are a way that we can give thanks well. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 18, I believe. And uh, so the fact that they, that there were people there that heard them, you know, the Bible sometimes, some translations of, of scripture call it unknown tongues, but it's really just unknown to the speaker, not necessarily unknown to other people. Mm-hmm. It's a good way to put it, yeah. I I do remember this story that uh, Ciela, my wife, shared with me about a time when she was at her previous church and they were all praying together. There was a small group playing, praying together and someone was praying in tongues. And there was actually a Lebanese person there. And, you know, that person praying in tongues is not, you know, Lebanese, not Arabic, has not been to this part of the world, but we're just praying in other tongues. And this person was hearing them in the Lebanese dialect mm. saying things and glorifying God. And um, it doesn't mean that, you know, I, I guess what you're saying is that they, they heard a certain thing, right? I mean, at that point in time, that there was a, um, a receiving of the unknown tongue, which was unknown to them, but it was known to the hearer. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, uh, let me give you another example. Uh, This one was just kind of funny. And this happened to uh, a person that graduated from the same Bible school that that I did, which is starting here in Lebanon in October, uh, Rama Bible Training College. This person traveled um, ministry. He he traveled to um, the jungles of Central America. And while he was there, he was preaching about the uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit to a group of people that had already received Jesus. So these people were already born again, but they had not heard about the Holy Spirit like Acts 19. And so he preached a very simple message. The Holy Spirit is a gift. This gift is for everyone. It's for you. It's God's will that you be filled. If you want to be filled, come come up here. And so... Uh, Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter uh, 8, 9, 10, and 19 tell us that evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit is speaking in other tongues. So he lined up a group of people. These are all villagers from not a, not a major city, from, you know, just the hinterland, okay? Yeah. And, uh, and he gave them some instructions through an interpreter. He's speaking Spanish. He's speaking English. It's being interpreted into Spanish. He said, I'm going to come through. I'm going to lay my hands on you. And when I do, I want you to speak out. You need to do the speaking. The Holy Spirit's not going to take you over. You need to move your mouth and say things, but not in your language. Right? So they spoke Spanish. They spoke um, local dialects. You need to speak out something. Maybe it just sounds like gibberish, for lack of a better word. But um, give voice to that, and um, that will give room for, this, for those rivers to start flowing. So he went down the line, one, the second one, the third one, and they begin speaking in other tongues. He doesn't know what they're saying, but they're not speaking Spanish. He's asking the interpreter. Nope, not speaking Spanish. He comes to this older, very small, uh, older woman. And he lays his hands on her. And as soon as he touched her, (laughs) 
she said, she began to say, hallelujah, hallelujah, praise you, Lord, praise you. And he stopped her. He said, no, 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 speak out in other tongues, not in English. And the interpreter said, he's trying to get his attention and the guy's ignoring him. He's like, and she doesn't like, she's understood that she's supposed to stop. So she's just looking at him. She doesn't understand. So now the interpreter is saying, don't speak English. She goes, I don't speak English. <laughs> 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 he said, like it dawned on him. Oh, she's speaking in other tongues. It just happens to be she's speaking in English. Yeah. Wow. And uh, I know myself, I've been in times of prayer when, when I've been uh, very aware that I'm, I'm praying and what I imagine is Chinese. I don't speak Chinese. I don't have uh, you know, any language facility in that, but it's been very clear that this, you know, this sounds very Asian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, the, the point is the uh, tongues are unknown to the speaker. But it doesn't mean that they're unknown. In fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, Paul says that tongues are either of men or of angels. Yeah, that's right. And 1 Corinthians 14 uh, actually just talks about if I pray, you know, in a, in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. Yes. And in other contexts as well, not, not the same verse, but it implies that people around you wouldn't understand. And that's okay, right? You're talking, like what it says is that you're not talking to men, but to God. Yeah. And you're praying out things that people don't understand, but God understands. And your spirit is hooking up with the Holy Spirit and flowing. Like, so that's the, that's the, the, the river is flowing out of you. Yeah. And, you know, last week we talked about, um, being charged up and then speaking by the Holy Spirit in wisdom. One of the greatest ways, and you, you know, you shared this testimony in, in the beginning about how you got an answer that you needed as a result from praying in other tongues. Praying in other tongues gets us connected to his flow, the Holy Spirit's flow. And that connects us to his answers his wisdom. In fact, that's 1 Corinthians chapter 14. It says, when we pray in an unknown tongue, the English uh, says we pray out mysteries. A better translation of that is we pray out answers. Yeah. It connects us good. to answers. That's really good. And I, I um, before I just go on to a quick Bible illustration, uh, I do want to say that there there is a PDF, which we're going to be sharing across WhatsApp groups for grow groups. Uh, and it's titled 10 reasons every believer should speak in other tongues. Yeah, It's great. It's very concise. I mean, it refers us to certain scriptures. Um, and there is, there are even bigger books about this, right? Which we would recommend. Uh, but if you could start there, that would be great. Um, I encourage you to, to, to read those. If you're not part of a WhatsApp group, I encourage, sorry, if you're not part of a grow group, uh, or part of the WhatsApp group of your grow group, I would encourage you to hook up and connect with the grow group so you can, you know, receive. discuss all these things yeah. and receive uh, these kind of supplements that we, we put out for the church. 
But let me uh, let me actually go on to a Bible illustration. And, and, and you're saying this, um, what you just said is so important about the fact that, you know, we, we receive things uh, when we pray in tongues. And uh, there are actually two examples I, I wanted to really touch upon. One of them is in Acts chapter four, uh, verses 23 to, to 31. And that is a an illustration which uh, we kind of discussed uh, during the good company message a few months back. Uh, and that is about when Peter and John were um, arrested by the Jewish leaders and they got interrogated and questioned and all of this kind of stuff because of the healing. This actually like flows from chapter three, you know, they healed the, the, the crippled man and, um, or I should say that the power of God flowed through them to the crippled man. And Peter shares this very powerful message, uh, about what happened and what the Lord's doing and what the truth is about, the situation and you know who Jesus was. Uh, so they arrest them and they interrogate them and then they let them go. And what happens is we see this passage of scripture where they go back to their own company. And effectively what happens is that they report all the things that happened and then they give God glory and they praise God and then they start praying together. Uh, so what do we see here? We basically see that they had power in them. That power flowed out of them. They come back to their own company. They start praying together. They start speaking the word of God, praising God, allowing that flow to come out. You said that, you know, be being filled by speaking effectively. Uh, so that's what they did. They got refilled. And then when they got refilled, again, you see more of them going out and doing stuff and preaching the word of God, being bold. And, you know, they, they pray for specific things in, in, in Acts chapter four, right? Like that you, you see that they know what to ask the Lord for. Um, let me, let me just get there. Verse 29 says they, they prayed yeah. for boldness. They said um, that we can speak your word verse 30, that you stretch forth your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done in the name of your holy child, Jesus. So, but they just healed someone. So what do you mean they're praying for his hand to heal? It's because they need a recharge. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There was power that flowed in, power that flowed out. Recharge, Lord. You recharge. Know? Recharge. Stretch forth your hand to heal. Give us boldness. Uh, let us see signs and wonders that you do so that people can believe in the name of your son, Jesus. Yeah. So you see here an example of a recharge. That's so super powerful. I mean, there's another example as well. I mean, I'm, I'm flying through these for the sake of time, but these things were, again, we're going to well, discuss well, in our grow groups. Wait, we got to read verse 31. All right, I apologize, go for it. <laughs> Verse 31 says, and when they had prayed for the recharge. <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and notice it says that they all, they all, who? Their company. So there's a big group of people. Yeah. And they didn't, you know, this is, they all prayed, but we have a record of one thing that was said. 
Why? Because they're praying in the Spirit. This is, the, this is what the Holy Spirit was praying through them. And I would encourage you to, to take a look at that PDF, the 10 reasons why every believer should speak in other tongues and, and uh, see what it says about praying and praying out the perfect will of God. Verse 31, and when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. <laughs> they got charged up. Yeah. Sometimes people come to me, you know, and they'll say, hey, um, I saw, you know, I saw this person was shaking or I saw a YouTube video and this person was, was like shaking. What happens when the building starts shaking? <laughs> Sweetheart, all I want to say is focus on you getting and staying full. Yeah. Be filled. Don't be worried about other people. Yeah. Praise God. It's so powerful. This whole passage is so, so yeah. powerful. There's so much there that you can see, you know, that's going on. I love the fact that verse 31 says that they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke, yeah. you know, that's the recharge point. That's, that's the recharge point. And it's evidence. It's evidence that there's been a filling. Yeah. Yeah, there's another example in Acts chapter 13 that I just wanted to point towards. Again, like I said, these things we will uh, talk about in, in our grow groups. But in Acts chapter 13, we have an example of church leaders coming together. And they, it, what it says is that they, were, they made time to minister to the Lord. So they, they, made a, they gave a specific time, you know, out of their, their own time. They got together and they ministered to the Lord to seek him. And what we see is literally a, um, an example of what Isaiah says in Isaiah 28 verses 11 and 12, where, you know, with stammering lips and another tongue, he speaks to us. You know, this is the rest, this is the refreshing, literally when he speaks to us. So when we make time to minister to the Lord, he speaks to us. There's a time where we make room for him to speak to us. And a lot of that time, a lot of the time speaking to us looks like this is that he speaks through us, you know? And basically we see that the Holy Spirit told them to separate Paul at the time he was still called Saul and Barnabas on, you know, for basically for them, to fulfill the uh, the will of God as apostles. So like there, there was a specific calling on their lives. They received uh, strength and they received ability. Basically they received a charge at yeah. that moment in time because they were seeking the Lord. The Lord spoke to them. In that speaking, there was the rest, the refreshing, the recharging. And in that recharge, they got power, as in they got ability, they got direction to do certain things that they were called to do. So before that, they didn't have the power, the charge, the, uh, we would say the anointing to do what they're doing. 
but now they have that. So this is something that, you know, I'm going to leave right there. We're going to discuss it in our grow groups. Uh, but, you know, in closing, Pastor Matt, uh, I believe you wanted to share a prayer. Well, I do. I, I want to read this. Um, this is an excerpt from a book um, that I would, I would highly recommend. You know, we'll, uh, for those of you that uh, take part in Rhema, uh, here in Lebanon, you'll, you'll get uh, a lot more detail on this, but this was written by a spiritual mentor of mine. And, um, these are the closing words of a book called tongues beyond the upper room. I'm reading, give your spirit the opportunity to feed upon the word and commune, spend time with your heavenly father. Build yourself up on your most holy faith by making a practice of praying in other tongues. It doesn't take a lot of time. As you do that, your own life will be changed and empowered, and your prayer life will become a mighty force, helping to fulfill God's purpose in these last days. God wants us to move out further in the Spirit, and learn how to maneuver in that greater realm of prayer. As we are faithful to obey his call to pray, the day will come when we move beyond the edge and reach the fullness of God's glory. I'm still reading. I'm telling you this much. Jesus is coming. There is no splitting hairs about that truth, because it will happen, whether you believe it or not. So let us commit ourselves to praying in the Spirit so a great harvest of people can, be, can come in to God's family in these days. People are dying, and the end is coming. The end of all things is at hand, and what we do, we must do quickly. The Lord is calling us to prayer, and I, for one, am determined to answer that call. Do you want to go with me? Declare, count me in. Then walk through the doorway to the supernatural and enter the whole new realm of prayer in the Spirit. It's a realm where revelation, direction, and supernatural communication with God are continually provided to help you fulfill all he's called you to do in this hour. As we finish today, I want to encourage you to focus on being charged and staying full of charge. Yeah. Because we do have a work to do. And because time is short and God wants to use you. He has chosen you. And just like he said to the disciples, freely you have received, now freely give. Don't give what you don't have, but get charged up. Yeah. And give out of an overflow more than you could ask or think. Praise God. I think the action point for this week is quite clear. And what we're recommending is quite clear. And if you haven't ever had the chance and you want to, 
then when you get to your girl groups, ask someone there to pray with you so that you could receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's something, that, that's how you could say, the, 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 char the starting point to walking in the charged life. Yeah, it's the doorway into the whole supernatural life. Praise God. And it's not hard. It doesn't require uh, any slow music or fast music. Um, there was this little girl, many of you have heard me tell this story before, this little girl in children's church, she said, I want to receive the Holy Spirit. I said, okay. She said, I don't know how. I said, it's easy. Jesus said that the Father will give the Holy Spirit if we ask. So we can ask, and if we ask, he will do what he said. She said, okay. So she closes her eyes, and I said, now pray this with me. I said, Heavenly Father. She said, Heavenly Father. Now, I knew this girl. She was part of our church. Uh, I mean, part of the church that I was involved in. And, um, and I knew that she was born again, that she had received Jesus. It's important to not try to get people baptized in the Holy Spirit unless you know they are born again. So I said to her, I said, say this with me, say, Heavenly Father. She said, Heavenly Father. I said, I believe that Jesus is Lord. She said that. I believe Jesus is Lord. I said, I'm asking you. She said, I'm asking you, her little eyes closed, to give me the Holy Spirit now. She said that. That was it. Give me the Holy Spirit now. In Jesus' name, amen. She opens her eyes. I said, now, start speaking in a language you don't know. She said, I don't know how. I said, it's easy. Right now, the Holy Spirit has come on you because that's what the Bible says. So, you need to speak. She said, I don't know how. I said, right now, I want you to say something that's just not English. And I said, your tongue will, will want to say something right now. She closes her eyes. Was quiet for just a minute. And then she started speaking in other tongues. She was nine. <laughs> it's a lie. It's a lie that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not for everyone. It's a lie that you have to wait, earn, maybe someday. No. The gift of the Holy Spirit's been given. All we have to do is receive. Yeah. Evidence of receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit is speaking in other tongues. And we see that throughout the book of Acts. And um, the, the best way to get recharged is to get charged and filled up with him. That's good. Well, I think we're out of time. And this has been a great month. Praise God. We're out of time and we want you to know 
that we believe in you. And if no one told you yet today, we love you and expect God's very best for you. Thank you for listening to this message. We want everyone to experience the unconditional love of God, grow in His love, and go with His love to the rest of their world. We invite you to connect with us at one of our groups or our next gathering. And if no one told you yet today, we love you and believe God's very best for you.